0: Mike Mike and the
1: We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And it's the Oscar Morning Show. (laughs) Kinda. It used to be. And now it's a couple days before the Oscars Morning Show. But this is the final check-in and check-up on all things Oscar Sunday related. All the latest news and info you need to go into your Oscar watch parties with. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host, also Mike.
0: The independent spirits are... In the books, we have Mm -hmm. some intriguing wins and losses, for that matter. We got some gambling lines to discuss, which has just been the... The thing we stare at, like the end of Inception, where the thing is spinning and you think it teeters and maybe it doesn't, but then you look on the internet now and you find the gif of where it's actually teetering, which tells you mm-hmm. exactly what, what happened in the movie. And it's, and it's like the, the end of 25th hour when they take the, which exit are they going off on the highway? Is it a left-hand mm-hmm. exit you know, or is it a right-hand exit? We know that from living there and all of that makes all the difference. So that's <laughs> where my head is at at the end of this film year. Uh, And then, of course, we're going (laughs) to review the live action shorts after my head being at this space. We're going to review the live action shorts, those those happy bundles of joy, the live action shorts. Yes,
1: I thought about starting this episode being like the most anticipated Mike, Mike and Oscar (laughs) of the year, the live action short (laughs) review. But uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, Also, I was in the doctor's office today. This is apropos of nothing and probably a, a good dissertation of where our mental state is uh-huh. but drew, the drew barrymore show was on the uh the television there in the doctor's office really and she was giving away two thousand dollars to this this oscars trivia and it was the simplest tri- i was offended we could be rich right now mike you and i could be scrooge mcducking on two thousand dollars but we weren't picked
0: big <laughs> whatever we want Damn it. It could have been us.
1: Could have been us. But instead, we're going to talk about the 36th Film Independent Spirit Awards that were shown uh, last night. That would be Thursday night, the 22nd of April, on the channel IFC uh, we're going to get into some of the surprising wins, like Mike talked about. Let's talk about the broadcast overall as a television show, as we've done for every award show thus far in the precursor season. This was the last one before the Oscars do. Whatever it is the Oscars are going to do in terms of presenting their television broadcast. so what did we think of the Film Independent Spirit Awards as a TV show, Michael?
0: God, they sucked. <laughs> We had a pre we had a pre conversation today where I was like, Mike, Mike, you really gotta be more positive this year. I just I can't have you being so negative. I can't go to Negative Town so often. And you actually talked me into just being honest and we 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 hated last night's broadcast it bad. in its entirety. It bad. We still found moments to enjoy. We still love many of these movies and these nominees. We are still excited about the Oscars. Don't get me yes. wrong. But that two hours of television was just needles uh, in the uh, face, Hellraiser stuff. Awful.
1: I, I don't know who to blame because I don't know what the answer is. I started writing this in my notes. I was thinking, like, I don't know what you do with that opening monologue, because if you'd have just the crew laughing like Melissa Villas and you are had, it sounds hollow and kind of vapid. If you put a laugh track in like the Critics Choice, I think, had or one of these award shows had, it sounds fake and canned and terrible which it was i don't know what the approach should be but like it can't be easy writing for an award show in a pandemic right but whatever the hell went on in the writer's room for the for the film independent spirit awards i really felt like embarrassed watching that
0: it was it was a rough watch the two hours in their entirety was just when you especially when you pull back now and you look back at all the stuff that didn't work it was it was it was cringy it was unfunny And it shows you that I think award shows in many cases are a sum of their parts, right? I mean, it's about the whole experience of the night. It, and, and I think sure. when we've heard Steven Soderbergh and those producers, we've heard them being interviewed a hundred times during this season. We've read all those uh, write-ups and those Q and A's lately about this upcoming Oscar broadcast. They've said something to that effect, right? Where it is a sum of the, uh, the parts. It is about the experience. It's not, it's about capturing moments in the moment as much as possible. But at the end of the night, you want to feel like it's, it's, it's real and it's a real true celebration of, of, of film of that year of film, and this was very disjointed, and I think the uh, the skits were just so off the wall, uh, ah. strange and yeah. obscure, which was the problem. Like I enjoyed Aubrey Plaza skits in the past because yes. at least they yes. roped things in, and I you know what if they failed. With land skits and promising young woman skits all night, that would be one thing. At least you're speaking to these movies, right?
1: There's but, a coherent theme of what you're trying to address, right? Of course, right?
0: but we have you know John Mulaney impression. It's a great impersonation. We have uh, you know Sarah Silverman impersonation. I mean, again, she's impersonating all her SNL buddies. She's awesome at it.
1: Melissa Via the SNL cast member who was the first time host, I agree. Her impersonations were spot on and on point. But like, I'm with you, man. I, what? What did we? How did? Like, if you could do anything, how did you come up with that skit to open with? How did you go from doing the Nomad Land and the Promising Young Woman skit to like singing the song about wanting to bang Stephen Yoon out of anywhere? And I guess you can make the comparison. Well, last year when there was everyone in the tent, they the gay LA Men's Choir sang to Laura right. Dern, and that was random. It's like, yeah. But it wasn't just random for random sake either. It was to like have a moment where they knew Laura Dern was going to have a reaction on screen. And it was a this you had nowhere to go with these skits in terms of getting that kind of effect. So it, it just made it fall even flatter to me.
0: Mike, I usually get butterflies because I'm nervous because I know I'm going to enjoy the Independent Spirit Awards so mm-hmm. much and I want to enjoy them so much. Mm-hmm. And that was my last year. Th- at this point this year, I just, I mean, I'm like, fuck it. I mean, if I, if I can get anything right. out of it, I'm happy. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I knew it was going to suck. Squeezing I a
1: dry sucked. rag for a drop of water at this point, right. <laughs> I just
0: didn't know it was going to suck this bad. And mm-hmm. again, its is is it Melissa years fault? No, I don't think so. I think she's I amazingly either. talented. I even laughed at the Steven Yun song. By the end, I was enjoying that you were but that was the other thing, like you and me are texting all night, and like I laughed at some things you didn't laugh at others uh, we couldn't come together on any one thing mm-hmm. at all
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, th- I mean there were highlights you know I don't want to say it was all bad i there were some jokes that did hit, and mm-hmm. like I like you just said,
0: you and i were were different on, on the, the comedy jokes. stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Adam Sandler thing
0: I thought I thought was great. You know you what? Liked... That's it. That's where we come together. That might be the only spot left. I,
1: I really, I mean, but it's Adam Sandler, and it's not for everyone. It's very sophomoric, and you know what you're getting with Adam Sandler. But so well, th- I'm talking about saying, saying, you and me,
0: because we are. Right, for right, about right. I, 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 get, I get
1: what you're saying. Like, that's where we'll agree, and then people will disagree with us, so nobody's going to be happy with this review, I guess. But that's fine. It, 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 it's a tough, tough slot. I kind of dug the presentation of the actual awards, Yes. I don't understand. I mean, why didn't SAG just do what Film Independent Spirit did? Clearly, they knew the winners beforehand. At least they taped those vignettes, but there wasn't a big announcement and a big rollout and a big press release about it. I don't know why SAG didn't just follow suit, because nobody made a big deal that Film Independent was being done beforehand, or at least some people, maybe not the winners, but people knew who
0: was going to win ahead of time. The thing with SAG is, you did have a through line to that hour. Like they bookended, they bookended the awards presentations with interviews of the actors talking about what they did in quarantine. That's it. That's their whole show, and it, and it had kind of a, a sum of the parts that built up, but it wasn't great, regardless. But you're, you're right. I think SAG probably would have done better with a two-hour spread it out, maybe try a few other things, kind of deal. But I, you know, I. I think this is this was just like a grab bag and it it just really didn't fit together at all like the Billy Irish uh, Billy Irish I always call it Billy Irish uh, I'm Billy- surprised that
1: wasn't one of the parodies they went with
0: Right. The Billy Eilish impersonation might have been the worst thing I've seen I, all year. Listen, that
1: was my low point of this whole awards season. I'm not joking either. Like I, te- I texted you in a fear. I'm like, I'm the- I can't. I got to change the channel. I, it's, a, it's such a familiar feeling to me as a pro wrestling fan because it was the exact same feeling I get when watching WWE in my mid-30s now and being like, I can't watch this sometimes the angles are so bad and the writing is so bad in pro wrestling it makes me ashamed to be enjoying it at all in my lifetime and i i'm sorry to say that's kind of the feeling i had specifically with whatever the hell that billy eilish thing was last night
0: it's like the suplex is just going too long <laughs> they got the grundle shot the grundle shot is there and they're lingering on it yeah i, I yeah, agree with right. you so uh, but th- but then you had uh, comedy moments like the adam sandler just riffing on here's the nominations for most gross beard and he goes off and he ad-libs like five names that was that was funny again i loved it <laughs> that's our last uh that's our last uh, bastion of commonality you and i is Adam well that and
1: Coleman Domingo would be aging like no other man in America, right? You
0: know what? Right there, that was funny. We were like,
1: How old is Coleman Domingo? Coleman Domingo can play any age between like twenty
0: and sixty five, and I believe it. I know. I like we I was almost about to bet you. I was like, All right, let's just bet and then let's see. Let's see how old he is. And I was gonna say thirty seven and you were like yeah anywhere between 33 and 44 yeah. or something, and he's 51. It's unbelievable how how good he looks.
1: The, the, the whole night should have just been Coleman,
0: Guess Coleman Domingo's age and Adam Sandler riffing. And Chauncey <laughs> Wong Jenkins. Lulu Wong and Barry Jenkins' dog there. That dog had screen presence, Mike.
1: Yes, I think that's a, a trick for the Film Independent Spirit Awards, and Glenn Close taught us it a couple years ago, too. Just bring a dog. Get a dog on screen and let them work their magic, and you'll have a moment at least.
0: But, you know, writing jokes for Katherine Hahn about her ambient noise uh, <laughs> not, just uh, didn't work, man. All right.
1: Well, as are our thoughts on the presentation. Let's talk about the awards and the winners and some stats therein. One Night in Miami won the Robert Altman Award presented by Don Cheadle and accepted by a beautifully edited montage of acceptance speeches from Regina King and the entire cast. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, and a lot of these uh, edited speeches, I thought, worked really well in close-up when you had the better camera. The Darius Martyr speech went on too long, (laughs) we would say. My God! (laughs) I mean, it's the Film Independent Spirit Award for first feature. I mean, good job and all, but...
1: It's not the Oscar yet, man. We love the movie, not yes. to say
0: anything against the Martyr <laughs> brothers there, but yeah, that was a log speech. It was almost comically hilarious that you have this person <laughs> in a tiny box signing tiny box. And you have him in like this low res close yes. up right up yes. his nose. Why? Why are we mm-hmm. doing that? That was that was I don't know. That wasn't inspired filmmaking. But okay, I love to see the actress from Farewell Amore, Equa Masanji, Mike, uh, get the Someone to Watch Award. I thought she was excellent in that film. I, I thought Residue uh, winning the John Cassavetes Award. That's always a cool moment, even though they didn't give that the full send up, mm-hmm. which I wish they would for the Indie Spirit Awards because it's the most Indie Spirit thing they do at every one of these. Uh, given an award for the truly guerrilla filmmaking under 500k price tag movie i mean i've i've come back to the these nominations in the past give me liberty premature were two favorites from last year's five uh and then and then you have uh saint francis is a movie i already saw from this year's five that i know is great i can't wait to see neons the killing of two lovers that comes out soon so i wish they kind of celebrated that one a little more in a two-hour show i get it but residue is something we'll have to check out
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely, and that's uh, certainly the celebration of the most independent of independent film. Uh, We talked about the highs, we talked about the lows, let's get into the actual awards and the competition categories and how they may shape the Oscar picture to come. Oscar nominees ended up taking 11 Spirit categories last night, and they were actually nominated in 11 Spirit categories last night. Funny how that math worked out, Mike.
0: And that's typical for the Spirits, I would say, because it's... You know, the second to a last award show, consensus builds, you know, Oscar Eve, you know, Oscar Eve usually uh, is when the spirits happen. Uh, But we did, you know, we did get an exception last year. But first of all, the norm, especially in the best feature category, the last 17 times, Mike, Mm. that we had a best picture nominee in there, that best picture nominee either won or it lost to another best picture nominee. So that's in 36 years. The only exception came last year. By my count, when the farewell beat marriage story. So other than that, if a best picture nominee's in, they win or they lose to another one in the category. This year, we had two uh, in the best feature category, uh, and we we did return back to the norm where a best picture picture nominee won. Michael.
1: You couldn't give me that stat last year so I could have put a little money on the farewell going into the... You know what those odds would have been at this point, Mike? Unbelievable.
0: You, you you're taking find money. Odds, <laughs> you find odds for the Independent Spirit Awards, you know you have issues. All,
1: all that sounds like is I bet you can't. Yeah, Nomadland did have a big night for itself. It won four of its five possible awards, including editing, cinematography, director, and feature. The editing and cinematography categories did not include any other Oscar nominees... Chloe Zhao, though, did win director over fellow Oscar noms Lee Isaac Chung and Emerald Fennell. And Nomadland won best feature over First Cow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and the other
0: Oscar nom in that category, Minari. So the Spirits, they've picked four best pictures in a row in the mid uh, 2010s between 2013 and 2016 uh, with a fifth all the way back in 2011 for the artists. And then you have to go to 1986 to get their six best picture Oscar crossover. So yeah, Nomad Land looks like it's doing well, but I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that one though.
1: It's tough to, to bank any kind of Oscar predictions on the success of, of Film Independent Spirit, though. I I feel like it's gotten... Well, I was going to say stronger in recent years, but Film Independent Spirit was part of the reason that I was so sure that Glenn Close was going to win. And then...
0: Well, what happened? case Glenn in point is happened. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: makes sense. Yu Yoo Jung Yoon, though, did win the Lone Spirit Award for Minari.
0: Which, of course, means she is going to win the Oscar, no doubt about it. 100%, <laughs> it's a slam correct, dunk Mike? case.
1: There's no, no doubt, especially not for Maria Bakalova, who was featured prominently during the Spirit Awards last <laughs> night. Uh, Minari, on the whole, went one for six on the evening. She did not win over any other Oscar nominees in the category, but there were a lot of uh, people we liked in that Supporting Actress category.
0: Yes, we love both supporting categories at this particular award show, for certain. Um, as for the lines on Supporting Actress, we're going to kind of start bringing you guys up to date on a lot of the line movements since last we recorded on the betting lines. I think it was Monday, so mm-hmm. we're recording Friday right now. And yes, the line has shortened for Yu Yoo Jung Yoon. She has... Moved from minus 450 to minus 600. So she's a heavier favorite. Slight drift for Bakalova going to plus 400. And Glenn Close actually drifted uh, much in a much larger way to plus 1100 so i think that last one there glenn close at plus 1100 is just taunting you in particular michael that's just rafael esparza with a hundred dollar <laughs> bill on a fish uh, fish hook fishing line dangling it in front of you just like yanking it up every time you try and grab it and just giggling to himself
1: easy money. It's it's easy money if she hits, though, Mike.
0: (laughs) What if she hits?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Promising Young Woman did win two awards on the night at one screenplay, and Leading Female, Sound of Metal, won three spirits, including first feature, like we talked about, and both male acting categories. Maybe a surprise there on both counts.
0: Well, Paul Racy's win, for me, was the moment of the night. That was really cool. This was really cool, because he was signing his speech, he was thanking his band, he was giving advice to struggling actors and artists in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I just dug that whole that whole delivery from Paul Racey. It was a really cool moment for him. That's the Cinderella story you want to celebrate mm-hmm. during award seasons. A guy that's been a bit player by his own words. A guy that's been a day player, I think, is is what exactly he used that night. Uh, and, and to see him having a, a moment like this is just incredible. So that's also another supporting category we love. That's a deserving win. Otherwise, Mike... Riz Ahmed winning over Chadwick Bozeman and Steven Yun in the male lead category. That's now two losses in a row for Chadwick Bozeman of Maharani's. And I, I, look, I can't lie to you now. I'm starting to worry. And I mm. think Vegas is starting to worry as well. Chadwick's line went from minus 2,000 to minus 1,200. Hopkins has shortened from plus 750 to plus 550. Are you worrying yet, though, Mike? It's on the right, yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, shaking in my boots over
1: it, but there's... Look, the bathers is explainable, film independent spirit much less so in my eyes. I I, I have trouble wrapping my head around this one, even though I know the voting bodies are distinct and all, but I would have thought Chadwick had it pretty well locked up there. I wonder if the result would have been different if there was a live crowd, it, like knowing that people were going to be sitting around in the same room and it could have been a moment to celebrate the guy's legacy, like there is going to be in the Oscars. And I, I know voting, you know, the voting deadline for the Oscars probably just came out around the time that they finalized plans to have the nominees uh, and, and guests in person at the Oscars anyway. So I don't know how much of an effect that'll have on Oscar Sunday, but I do wonder if that upset would have happened had everyone, this award season been a usual one per se, let's say. Yeah, I didn't
0: double back and look at the voting window for the independent spirits we're, we're not members we probably should become members because mm. i think there's just a member fee and anybody can join kind of and I, I i considered it this year maybe, maybe we should do that i know a lot of people we like uh brian perry etc i think they're members they enjoy it uh, i think uh chadwick Bozeman was up for this nomination january 26th or something and you and I remember at the early portion of award season who was winning. Riz Ahmed was winning critical awards. He was mm-hmm. in the lead. He won the Gotham, right? Bozeman right. had the tribute that night. Who who was winning the actress categories? Carrie Mulligan was winning the actress categories before the Golden Globes, that's a good right? Point. So maybe this is kind of a going back to that stage in a way.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I could see that making a lot of sense. Still, I wonder. I wish there was a blind ballot release or like a, a brutally honest ballot for the film independent because I would just love to get in the heads of the people that are voting so heavily for Riz Ahmed, for Anthony Hopkins, you know, that type of thing over uh, in the different shows over Chadwick. When this Chadwick win, it, it should, it's going to be the moment of the night. So I do hope it happens. I still think it
0: will. I'm still thinking it will also. I, I'm just, I'm starting to, I'm starting to worry because the odds really drifted. Her minus 1200
1: hundred's still a hefty, a hefty vig. I mean, okay. you're paying over, you know, you're getting better than ten to one that you have to pay out. You know, a hundred bucks still doesn't win you ten. In that case, he should so have that's, been. The, yeah, that's heavy.
0: I just wish he was like the heavy favorite that some of these other favorites have turned. I out do too. Yeah, because again, you know, this is this is personal preference. We've been Chadwick Boseman fans mm-hmm. like millions of people in the world, and we're and we're kind of pulling for him in this one at this point. This definitely, definitely us rooting for Chadwick Boseman win now. Uh Mike, we have Best Actress uh, going to Carrie Mulligan, though.
1: Carrie Mulligan did win the Spirit Award for Female Lead over Viola Davis and Frances McDormand. Those are both Oscar noms as well. Uh, and also in the category were MMO favorites like Nicole Bahari, Sidney Flanagan, and Julia Garner. Do you think the Mulligan win means anything, Mike?
0: I wish I knew what to think. I don't know. But when I don't know, I do inane statistics, and then I think they mean something. So here is what I did. Uh, Fifteen of the last 16 times we had a lead Oscar winner in one of the Spirit lead categories, they won the Spirit. So obviously that's a retrospective look back, okay, because you can't do that beforehand. That's a hindsight is twenty twenty thing. But... We do get a lot of sweeps in this category throughout history, so it's not necessarily hard that when you get an indie movie sweeping, you get an indie movie performance sweeping, that the, the last of the precursors follows suit and indicates who is, is, is closing out the sweep. Again, I'm a little you know, rattled that Chadwick Boseman didn't finish his sweep this year with the Baptists and the Spirits. The fact that we went back to Mulligan in a wide-open lead actress race, I don't know what that means. I really don't. I, I wonder if, you know, after today, we're, we're going to talk about these odds in a minute. I wonder if it's going back... F- and she's gonna even shorten some more, but so far the lines they haven't moved yet, Mike, for the yeah, most the, part.
1: The betting lines from Vegas have Mulligan who uh Vegas apparently doesn't know what to do with his information either, because Mulligan still plus one twenty-five. Davis and Andre Day, they each shortened a bit. Uh Francis McDormand and Vanessa Kirby drifted a bit. Kirby drifted the most. She's at about twenty-two to one, going from about fifteen to one to twenty-two to one in the outside lane, the longest shot. Uh, everybody else, you're talking about fifty bucks, twenty five bucks as change, but it's still early, I think, for to consider any kind of this any kind of late movement. I mean, I think if you're playing the betting game and you're looking at at winning money, you're going to want to be tuned in to what happens Sunday morning more than anything.
0: Okay, so it's that late, it's that late that it really moves and that. You have to, it's like a stock market uh, movie, right, where you're, everybody's just throwing money in the air and yelling and screaming that you have to place your bet at that point?
1: <laughs> I find it very hard to believe the Film Independent Spirit Awards are going to rock serious bettors. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't see that. So I think the money's coming in heavy, and there that could be accounting for some of the line moving, but I think uh, it's just people's best guesses still.
0: Then again, if Viola or McDormand won, that might or what do you do you think it would have been a different story if an established person won like an indie spirit award at this stage
1: no i think what you said makes a lot of sense that when the voting window was there for these award shows these are the names that were hot at the time and yeah. it's not like this is the most recent snapshot of What's going on? So this is kind of like a Back to the Future glimpse in the past type thing.
0: It might so, be. Then again, it might be the longest voting window. I would. Say. I. I don't know. I didn't look at. I didn't double check. But I know. How and how I know it is a long
1: voting window. So I don't know how many people. I, which I, I know, think is
0: deliberate because their whole selling point is you pay like a couple hundred bucks to get their screeners at the end of the year.
1: Right. And I know a lot of people that we follow that are part of Film Independent did wait to mail in their ballots. So I don't know if that was the norm or. Or
0: what, but it's... uh, Look, man, lead actress is a crapshoot. <laughs> lead actress is a crapshoot. Here's another crapshoot, Michael. Documentary feature. And mm-hmm. it is the most important category to me. Uh, you wanted to cut the Feinberg question at the end. I would not let you <laughs> about my octopus teacher... <laughs> That was funny. I was laughing and I couldn't laugh because I was laying back because our audio has been such a a Mm -hmm. mess lately. (laughs) I had to lay back and find a break episode. So if you didn't hear any mm mm-hmms or whatever, that's why. Anyway, (laughs) Crip Camp won the independent spirit here and it defeated uh, three other uh, nominees, right? And that's significant. The only thing is my octopus teacher wasn't here, Michael. We had... I believe, The Mole Agent, Collective, and Time, but not My Octopus Teacher. So, Crip Camp wins. Are you thinking of sprinkling a little something on it, or does it mean nothing to you because the favorite wasn't in the category?
1: Well, it, it, it doesn't mean anything because of what the odds did from Vegas. My octopus, te- my octopus Teacher went even shorter. It went from minus 200 to minus 500. Um, I still don't know that that's exactly a reflection of anything necessarily that happened at the Film Independent Spirit Awards. But time drifted as well to four fifty from about plus two fifty. Crip camp did shorten a bit from down to about fourteen to one from eighteen to one. I I mean, Crip camp has a a good narrative with it. I don't know. The, the whole idea of this thing can't win because it just won, whether it be a person in the acting category or a documentary with the Obamas, I don't know. Apparently, we're choosing when that applies and when it doesn't, which still makes me bitter about Leo last year from the best performance of his career. But whatever, I'm not going to keep bringing that up, even though I'm going to. So, <laughs> look, I don't know that the Obamas are, if that matters this year, then Crypt Camp's out. I want to pick Crypt Camp just on the basis of I thought it was the best
0: documentary I saw this year. I agree with you. At the end of the day, I came back and watched it for a fourth time, and I I do think it's the best one of the year, and it's going to be the highest on my list whenever we put those out uh, in late Twenty twenty five, I believe. You know, <laughs> schedule that. But Michael, uh none of these precursor award shows have good crossovers. This is a forty percent or four out of the last ten. If I go back even further, it gets even worse. And every other documentary precursor has been like thirty five percent, forty percent at best. So this really doesn't help us much, uh like you said. Could have been our
1: Slogan for the show, I think, is a joke I've made a couple this times. Really Mike, doesn't Mike, Mike help you Oscar. Very much. This really doesn't help much.
0: See ya. <laughs> Otherwise, the Independent Spirit Awards, Michael awarded Andy Ciar's hilarious script for Palm Springs. Quo Vadis Aida won best international film, and as for their inaugural TV awards. We got to check out "I May Destroy You" on HBO Max. We got to check out "Unorthodox" on Netflix. They've been winning big and been nominated heavy throughout the season. I know those are two shows that we've been we've had on our list, Michael. We just haven't checked them out yet. They were big winners.
1: Yeah, no, no free time yet. Free time's coming at some point in the next few weeks, but uh, it's not quite here yet for us. But let's uh, let's talk more about some Oscar betting line changes, and let's talk about whether or not we're going to officially change any of our predictions, Mike.
0: So some favorites that became heavier we got a couple international feature another round shortened from minus a thousand to minus twelve hundred Covatas Aida also shortened from seven to one to six to one are you changing anything in international feature
1: no but it makes sense Covatas Aida has been very talked about it's been talked about heavily on film twitter especially and so I've seen a lot of momentum for it it makes sense that that one shortened as well but I think another round another round beating Minari at BAFTA has really kind of stunned me
0: I just rewatched another round. It was the longest that I've been touting a rewatch forever. But I watched it that second time, and I I really enjoyed moments of it, and then other moments are kind of boring for that movie. Mm. So it's a it's a really bittersweet movie going in, but it's highs and lows to the rewatch. So I want you know again, we're we're banking on the fact that these people watch this movie once, never mind twice, if that, yeah.
1: Right. So nobody's
0: really kind of doing the film study thing. But yeah, I I think Quobanis Saida, you know, hits you with a ton of bricks, obviously, on that first watch as well. So you never know.
1: That said, Scott Feinberg, when we talked to him in the Feinberg final, he brought up that he thinks it's going to be the lowest voted Academy Awards in quite some time because there's just the lack of passion, the weird year, et cetera, et cetera. So we know it's not going to be all chalk. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I mean, I don't know that it's gonna happen in international feature. It may not happen in in best sound either, where Sound of Metal drifted from a minus two thousand favorite to a minus three thousand favorite. But I don't think all the favorites are gonna win. I do think Sound of Metal is going to win sound though.
0: Yeah, we're expecting some surprises. We're not expecting Chloe Zhao to lose best mm-hmm. director at minus twenty five hundred, uh, now minus three thousand. So she is, of course. Doing what we wanted to see Chadwick Boseman do, but yeah, I mean that's that's what that's why it's different here, Michael. We're seeing Chloe Zhao like just you can't bet anything no. on that category now because it's just right. I mean you wouldn't even sprinkle.
1: No, 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 no. There's no value, absolutely no value. I mean thirty dollars to win a dollar, so I'm gonna bet ninety bucks to win three. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> why would you bother? So a uh, costume design. Uh, just showing you the effect that Mike Mike and Oscar does have in the Academy Awards and Vegas Worlds at large. And Roth is now a minus 450 favorite in the category after being about minus 250, minus 240, clearly showing that Vegas listened to our episode with Jazz Tanke from
0: Variety. That's right, and I'm glad you're stealing all the credit from Jess. <laughs> right She's the one dropping the knowledge, Shit, we're just taking the credit. Uh, all right, so those were the favorites that got heavier. Now we have some categories that have slight movements, twenty-five, fifty. I didn't write all these down, but they basically stayed the same. Original score, original song, animated short, VFX. Do you want to change anything yet, Mike, or do you want to save it to the end? What do you, what do you think?
1: I haven't come across a category that I'm really chomping at the bit for, though I am, uh, there's some, I haven't decided if I'm going to change. Do you have a change in mind that you're sure you're going to do?
0: Well, if if I'm going to reveal now, no, I'm not changing a thing. I'm almost going to change one thing, but I'm, again, I'm on a hold back.
1: Okay. We'll see by the end of this how I do, but no, right now I'm not going to change anything.
0: So you're, as a true gambler, you're just waiting (laughs) to that last second feeling, and if... If you got a tingle mm-hmm. where, Basically. Does it, where does it need to tingle?
1: Oh, all over man.
0: <laughs> all <laughs> Just over. let me know I'm alive, <laughs> you know okay let's probably Wow that explains a lot. All right favorites that are drifting which means they're getting lighter that which means the challengers are getting stronger yes. and of course we want we all want to know documentary mm-hmm. short because Michael, we have a huge line movements here this is like the most erratic category ever uh so i guess that means you can make money or lose your shirt so <laughs> a love song for latasha was at minus 290 now it's an even money favorite literally even money mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if vegas listened to our last two episodes right. where we talked about Dr. so shirt, i know i
1: made the joke about jazz tanke and i like to think we a lot of people did listen to that because it was a great conversation yeah. i'm much much more serious when i say (laughs) vegas there has to be somebody out there who listened to us because there's been no podcast in this space that has done more work on the documentary short category (laughs) and we've only talked about it like a handful of times but it's far more than i've heard anyone else talk about it
0: (laughs) A concerto is a conversation, <laughs> is by far our favorite of these, yes. and we loved all five of these, don't yes, get us wrong. Yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely, we it's a five. great year for it,
0: I agree. On YouTube, a concerto is a conversation, like 10, 13 minutes, a little bittersweet, makes you emotional, but... It'll make you feel good, too. Concertos a Conversation uh, shortened from plus 350 to plus 175, going against an even-money favorite. That is a tight race, and it gets even tighter, Mike, because the long shot in the category, the Hong Kong-China controversy-laden film, and it's addressing the controversy, yeah. Do Not Split, went all the way from plus fourteen hundred to plus three hundred now in that three spot I'm wondering if there's so little money in the category Mike that any influx of new money change these bettings you know changed these lines dramatically do you think that has happened I'm willing to bet pun intended that's a very good point mm-hmm. everything I say
1: about Watch the lines, Oscar Sunday, throw it out the window when it comes to the shorts because there's just not enough information out there. And so, yes, plus 1,400, 14 to 1 all the way down to 3 to 1 is huge line movement. Yep. But if it were to happen in, like, director or mm-hmm. picture or something where it's one of these categories that you have a billion podcasts and outlets and magazines studying this shit for 16 months in a row like we all have been. Mm-hmm. That makes that that's notable. That's a huge deal, and you should move a lot of money quickly into that. Probably, if you have it to, to bet and play with, don't you know? Be responsible. Anyway,
0: don't Be responsible.
1: Baby. <laughs> don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't overreact to that massive line movement in a short category because there's just not a lot of info out there. It is. Interesting, obviously, to see that happen. I wonder if it is going to translate into Oscar success, but I wouldn't bank on it the way I would if this happened, say, Sunday morning in one of the major big six categories.
0: And I'll be honest with you, Mike. I do not remember if Hair Love was an enormous favorite last year or mm. if it was just a slight favorite. But I remember Hair Love was a, was a favorite. So that, like, sometimes you get a favorite in one of these short categories, but usually. You know, this is where you see the 8 to 1, 9 to 1 mm-hmm. underdog yeah, win. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Animated feature, Mike.
1: Animated feature has stayed relatively static. I, I guess it's notable that Soul went from about 1 to 50 or minus 5,000 down to 1 to 35 or minus 3,500. That's a lot of line movement without a lot of reaction elsewhere, which just to me suggests that there's been a lot of money on people saying, Hey, what the hell if this thing other thing hits that isn't Seoul, I'll at least win a few bucks because Wolf Walkers only went from eight to one down to seven to one. So I'm guessing there's been money spread out amongst the uh, underdogs in that category. Sol's still the extremely heavy favorite though.
0: Yeah, minus thirty five hundred's kind of running away, you mm-hmm. would think. Uh in terms of editing, now we have a more even betting line, uh, and literally here because Sound of Metal and the Trial of the Chicago 7 they're both at minus 110 Michael what does that mean what what is a race like that where they're both in the minus 110 what what does that tell you about the race
1: tells me they have even odds i mean minus 110 is basically what the uh, standard Vegas bet is for any line let's say the Celtics are playing the Knicks and the Celtics suck this year so the Knicks are 2 point favorites Mm -hmm. there's the bone, the only bone I will ever throw to you, Kemp powers and Spike Lee on this show when it comes to basketball. All right. So embrace it.
0: Not even going to say it. I I was going to say eight in a row, but no, we're going to lose the next eight in a row. That's how this (laughs) team goes. They just drive me nuts, but no, I'm having a blast with the Knicks this year. Kemp powers, uh, you know, from across the way, let's tip our hats to one another.
1: <laughs> so let's, on every standard bet, if the Knicks were, if the line was minus two Knicks over Celtics, whether you took the Knicks minus two or the Celtics plus two, you're betting those odds at minus 110. So that that's the standard bet. That's the standard VIG in Vegas attached to any regular bet, even money bet, let's say. So that, to me, suggests that Vegas, like they do in lead actress, equally has no idea who's going to win this editing category
0: fascinating fascinating to uh to figure that out again trial of chicago seven won the ace eddie i'm I'm standing
1: resolute on that by the way i'm saying no no oscars for chicago
0: seven screw it really yeah even though even though it's shortened there yeah i'm just
1: i'm just going with it I, i i don't know i i'm probably going to be wrong but i I didn't like the
0: movie, and that's kind of the tiebreaker in my mind. I believe Kevin Jake- Jacobson made the point in the Chasing the Gold episode today—the three-hour, three and a half-hour pod, I believe those guys did, Mike.
1: Jeez. But uh,
0: he said, you know, there there is a correlation between sound and editing, uh, and there used to be a category sound editing, but that's beside the point. Mm, nice. So, Sound of Metal could take both. That would make some sense, I guess.
1: Just reminds me of something like Ford v. Ferrari, where it was a technical thing. So I'm just rolling the dice with that this year. Cinematography. Nomadland, still the favorite. Went from minus 600, though, to minus 450. Probably a reaction to the ASC going to Mank, which found itself shortening to plus 300 all the way down from plus 500 or 5 to 1.
0: Are you tempted to move cinematography at all? I was slightly tempted for a minute there, but again, uh, you know what Jazz said. But I, you know, the guild, the guild going another direction, gave me pause. I,
1: well, it was only one of the guilds, right? Could be there was another guild that wasn't there. Another uh, cinematography guild that went. It might have year. know years. They so call long. themselves
0: a guild or society or yeah. a coven or. A... <laughs>
1: Yeah. There was a coven of cinematographers <laughs> <laughs> that decided to cast their wands in one direction. Uh no, I can't. This category I can't. I'm willing to go down out of fear and respect for jazz than I am to change it. I don't want to disappoint her.
0: Yeah, I gave a long rationale myself too. All right. The category <laughs> that I'm most tempted to move, which is just me hedging my conversation because you made an audacious pick here, just in case you're right. Uh, I want to <laughs> be a little cautious with this explanation. No, I, I genuinely think the father has not gone head-to-head very often, because it hasn't, with Nomadland, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Borat 2 is just not gaining the the betting odds. It's not gaining any favorability in this category. It's a distant third in adapted screenplay. So... The father has gone from plus four hundred to plus two hundred as a challenger, and Nomad Land has come back, has drifted from minus four twenty-five to minus two forty. Michael, what what does that say to you?
1: <sighs> well, I mean, what it says is what it says. I'm, I don't really know that I have a hot take on it, other than the father's cut its odds in half, but four to one was a reasonable second place odds anyway. It just means that it's a tighter race, which probably means there's been more money dumped into it. But The Fathers had more success in that category recently amongst major precursors. So I I think that's understandable and explainable. I actually, in terms of Nomadland, if I was going to change a pick, which I still may before the end of this episode, (laughs) I I was thinking about Frances McDormand as my lead actress pick because of the point that I think Jazz made and Scott echoed, Scott Feinberg echoed, by the voting being so usually done down the ballot and down the line, where if you're going to pick Nomadland and Becher and director, why don't you just pick it in actress too? Why don't you just pick it in cinematography? I can see that happening, yeah. and if you go by that logic, Nomad Nomadland you're happy to see these odds in adapted screenplay fall for Nomadland because you want to bet bet Nomadland. And minus 240, it's not an outrageous vig. There's some value there that I think, yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit. You're going to pay more than double your money to win. But if you have that much faith in Oscar voters voting that way in the Academy voting down ballot with a single film, then I think you're happy to see that go from 425 to minus 240.
0: I would be surprised if people have a lot of confidence there that's it's a category that I i'm agree. not very confident in because I No Man Land hasn't won since the usc scripter like if it mm-hmm. took the bafta you're feeling better right now and it but it won choice in scripter if and it took like, the
1: bafta i think it's on un, it's unbettable i think it would be beyond 10 to 1 maybe yeah, like, it, or maybe 8 to 1 or 1 to 8 or something like that i mean
0: right and it's and it did it wasn't uh at the wga so right. yeah i mean scott feinberg weighed in on our show i think he last i checked he picked it Nomadland, in adapted screenplay still, I believe. Uh, then again, I'm, I might be misremembering because I'm reading everybody's predictions now. I'm forgetting. Which is, I think, the goal of every pundit, that you you hope everybody forgets what we <laughs> picked, except for maybe Scott Feinberg, because he, he usually does very well.
1: Mike, Mike, and Oscar, please forget what we picked. Please forget our <laughs>
0: predictions and just think we're authorities on this. But I guess if you make self
1: what we don't need is evidence
0: <laughs> if you make a lot of self-inflicting jokes about it then you kind of sabotage mike yourself. mike
1: and oscar just let us say we were right
0: <laughs> best picture michael nomadland was minus 700 is now minus 550 trial of chicago 7 is the beneficiary in a slight way goes from plus 600 to plus 500 Promising Young Woman was the only other major nominee that actually drifted. It went from 18 to 1 to 20 to 1. Any changes for you in Best Picture? Are you still quite confident in Nomadland? Do you think this is about a lot of money being sunken into the category, like you were saying about some others here? What do you think of Best Picture lines?
1: Well, if you're looking at the editing, uh, look, Trial of Chicago 7 has to win something. It's not going to win just Best Picture, and if it does, I'll eat my words, but it's so difficult to see a movie doing that with what we know about the Academy, with how we know they vote, with the widening, diversifying Academy, with with them wanting to... uh, I guess spreading the love would into the favor of that, but still, I just I have such a hard time accepting that reality would happen in this day and age with this academy, and specifically that it would happen with that movie to win best pic- just best picture. So, if you're playing the odds, you're gonna like what's being said about it in the editing category. Uh, you're gonna probably bet on it or hope that pick it to win if you're in an Oscar pool for an original screenplay as well. I just happen to think it's a it's there's been a lot of noise about mm-hmm. well. Trial's not dead, trial's not dead, trial's not dead. And it says something that Promising Young Woman, which is in third place, went even farther adrift from 18 to 1 up to 20 to 1. There needs to be intrigue in Best Picture, and this Mm -hmm. is what it is. I mean, it's no longer La La Land at minus 700. Nomad Land has taken enough of a beating where it's inside 7 to 1 or 1 to 7. Now it's minus 550. Moonlight was plus 550. We know that. Trial of Chicago 7's better odds than Moonlight right now. It's not out of the question. I just really, I won't, it's not something I can believe until I see it, Mike.
0: The Chicago 7 coming back. Yeah. It doesn't make sense as a comeback.
1: What's it going to, I mean, it has to win editing, right? If it wins editing, you have hope if you bet on Chicago 7 in picture.
0: You almost needed to win editing right. and original screenplay because, as Scott said, during the night, he, he would kind of dismiss Child of Chicago 7 having its comeback chances in play if it loses original screenplay to Promising Young Woman. I mean, can you see it winning Just Picture? No. I mean, I again, Clayton Davis had the nice write-up. It's a, yeah, it was a good argument. I just, I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around that happening. Until Even still, it. we have always said something weird's going to happen this year. Something weird's going to happen at these Oscars. I know I was boring in a lot of my picks. I know you got a little frisky with some of yours. Uh, I know that Joey Gentile uh, is just hoping one of those hit, right? Like it's He's got like 17 Rosamond Pikes. So he's either, if he actually bet on it, <laughs> he, i'll tell you what though he
1: did it with his whole chest i mean he was he's out yeah. there and he's ready for the heat and god he's bless out him there for it. <laughs>
0: he's ready for it. i just the audacious picks throughout the card in terms again not in terms of the quality of the movies but in terms of the betting lines for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he can make a lot of money if he puts money down I guess <sighs> well we i say. hope he's a millionaire by the end of this and, uh, well that's and the thing are you foolish yeah are you
1: rooting for some big surprises Well, here's the thing with that, though, is if you're rooting for big surprises, look at the heaviest favorites. Do I want Chloe Zhao to be upset? No. Do I want Daniel Kaluuya to be upset? No. Like, the heaviest, the most entrenched, I don't want to see them lose. I'm curious to see what happens in Lead Actress. (laughs) I don't want Chadwick to be upset. I'd rather Nomad Man win Best Picture than Trial of the Chicago 7. So, like, yes, I want to see a surprise, but if you actually look at what the favorites are that could be the
0: biggest upsets, I don't really want to see any of those happen. But Odds dictate one of them's going to. Interesting. So, so Crip Camp winning from plus 1400, it's not going to, I mean, it's, it'll be fun. Get I would that like that. I would like that. There. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah.
1: That'd be great. But that's one of the only ones that I can see. Hmm.
0: Wolf Walker's at plus 800 would be I, a shocker.
1: I would not like that.
0: But yeah, again, you know, <laughs> soul's our favorite movie on yeah. the air. One of. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then best picture, again, we're not thrilled with The Challenger, the number one challenger. Yeah, I, I mean, don't want... I, like, I don't...
1: Trial of Chicago 7 is not a best picture of any year. I mean, speaking right. as a critic and speaking subjectively and just how I feel about the movie, that's I just agree. how, you know, it's, that's how what we've said. So I don't want to see
0: that win. No, I do agree with you. So the, the last point I'll make is, uh, would it be fun for you to see a Minari, to see a promising young woman, win with 14-1, to 20-1 odds? Oh, yeah. And oh, not yeah. just... Well, what, how would you look at that in the future? Would you look at this category differently or would you give this yes. an, an asterisk? No, no, no. I would look at year? it
1: differently. And I've said this about uh, more so Promising Young Woman than Minari. But it, it, I think that would be a sign of what's to come with the Academy if they can find their way into embracing a movie like Promising Young Woman for Best Picture. I would be thrilled to see Promising Young Woman win, and Minari, because it would be back-to-back years of a Korean-focused movie winning Mm. Best Picture, obviously, with Parasite last year, so that would be cool, too. And Either one of those, Promising Young Woman more so because it'd be more about the the stories that the Academy is willing to accept, Uh, because I think Minari's story is more... I mean, while it's still got the international gaze to it, I still think it's a more traditionally accepted Academy story than something like Promising Young Woman. But either one of those. Yeah, I'd be thrilled to see them win Best Picture. It'd be awesome.
0: And if Judas and the Black Messiah won, David Long is going streaking.
1: If, if that happens, because that's one of my favorite movies of the year. And because I got David Long, David Long owes me a thousand dollars. Just straight up, no ten percent. He owes me a thousand dollars.
0: If he hits <laughs> Rosamund Pike and Judas and the Blackbird. But did, did he really bet Judas and the side because of you though? I don't think so. I think he yeah, was. On he a he tweeted time. at
1: us months ago, and oh, I told pre- him jump on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here he is going down with the ship, and Aquaman <laughs> is gonna save him if Judas And it's uh, God God, what a weird situation that is my god a movie that is easily the most soul-crushing of the year it's a great movie period we, you know again I don't, dis- be... yeah, I don't disagree yeah my god yep. Woo! <laughs> but look to be fair
1: and yes it's the odds are very much again i mean scott said it on this show <laughs> he said if there's one underdog that broke late that you know there's one to watch he said it's judas and the black messiah so man that would be cool
0: that would be wild. I just can't get over it. Like, what a weird situation that would be. But, again, that would make for a hell of an Oscar recap show. We'll get there in a minute. We do want to take five minutes or so to review the live-action shorts here. By five, you mean 50? Because i got 50? a lot to say about now. Do you really? Oh, <laughs> no, my goodness. No, I all right. <laughs> well, uh, So, all right, let's just start from the top. The Present. The Present is a Palestinian film. It won the BAFTA. Plus 1,600 right now in terms of its live action betting odds there. It was plus 2,200. But here's the crazy thing, Mike. I found odds from like two weeks ago, and it was the betting favorite.
1: Well, there you go. And that's all you need to know about the shorts category in general. That's what I was talking about when you talked about uh, the documentary shorts odds shifting as much as they have. It's just that there's not enough out there. You can make a lot of money, but it's the most volatile as well.
0: So father-daughter story, they're going out on the mother's birthday to get the mother a birthday present, right? And it's this mm-hmm. idyllic family. They wake up. He's got a day off, but he's got to go across the border, and he's dealing with these military guards, and it's just this nightmare situation. So he goes shopping, and he, and he gets into the, uh, these these arguments, these tiffs with the, the – I mean, you can't even call it that. I mean, he gets in these full-blown life-or-death situations with these border patrol soldiers.
1: Not a lot of roundedness to the soldiers' characters, huh?
0: Not a lot of roundedness to a lot of these characters <laughs> in these first three. I'm going to go on a limb and say that. And that's well, frustrating to me, yeah. especially as a story junkie like you and I. We really criticize these movies. Good and bad morals, good and bad uh, messages, right? We don't care. I mean, we, we typically get on a film if it's just this blatant... Even if it's a righteous message, if it's just this blatantly... Character. I mean, this it is this us.
1: felt like the cinematic universe of Joker, except set in Europe. Yeah. That's no, like that's what I was go- dealing with here.
0: Idealism. The, the, again, it's yeah. some righteous anger going on, but the, the, dramatizing it this way, it's frustrating to us. And uh, that
1: I, that last yeah. shot, Mike. My God, did that undo everything to me?
0: No, I didn't like the film. I didn't like it. And I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I didn't love the first three, even though the second one. It's, it has a fascinating backstory, though, Mike. Feeling through, it's not a fa- it's a triumphant backstory because this guy is really blind and deaf. This actor, he's the first of his kind, really the first blind and deaf actor of his kind. He's acting in this story. Oh, that's fascinating! I didn't know that. A, a tremendous job, and it's not a great film. <laughs> Damn it! I, I liked to it love more. It.
1: Than, I liked it more than the first one. Uh, I I liked it the best of the first three. I would say. Yeah. I got the 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 messaging at the end, like. I, I, this isn't giving anything away. So is Artie an angel?
0: Right. I mean, or again we have we have characters that are flat characters, and we have a situation that is just kind of contrived in a way because. I mean, maybe this. Maybe he's really done this. And again, I you know I I, I could be an asshole here. Just well, it's, it's
1: it doesn't. It's just it's the movie. The film is what it is, but. The fact
0: that he gets distracted so easily—I mean, he's it, it well. How did he know something sense. was? How
1: did he know something was wrong?
0: The kid doesn't make sense to me. And again, right. I work with kids this age, early, you know, late late teens, early twenties. Fine, I, I know kids that age well. I got four younger brothers. And all right, maybe he really is checking out and maybe he's just not paying attention. But if you really want to get somewhere to your girl at the end of the day, you're going to doze. You're going to doze off or you're not going to pay attention to the bus. Or you're going to go to. The, I mean, how, how do you screw that up? Yeah, it makes I'm, no with, sense. I'm with you there. It's also. just conflicting. Again, I get conflicting motivations where it makes no sense to me.
1: It's also a, a rough look to have a compassionate protagonist steal money from a deaf and blind guy in front of a store owner.
0: Yeah, I mean th- that's a little more rounded, but I, but yeah, you're right. It's it just it, I I know we're trying to do a lot in a short amount of time, and these these are hard to do these shorts. So I, I get you know it's just I'll it's, say this. It's a bad I'll say this look about feeling
1: through. I thought it had the best score of all five.
0: Good. Yeah, the yeah. filmmaking on the first two are really strong. Yeah, don't get agree. me wrong. Like there's overhead shots in the present, watching the guys walk across the beams. There, there's
1: yeah. Our frustration is more with the writing. Uh, I agree. writing,
0: and the writing of Two Distant Strangers was another frustrating point for me. Mike, I'll I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, Two Distant Strangers is a ripoff of a viral sketch. Are they involved with the viral sketch? I I don't
1: know. I tried, look, I didn't do a lot of research, and I'll be honest, I kind of got tired and and gave up after I didn't find it in a few clicks. But there was a viral sketch that went, I think, in 2019 called Groundhog's Day for a Black Man. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same premise and almost the exact same execution. And I was bewildered to see this. So if it's not involved, then I think one needs to be made aware of the other.
0: You know, a lot of times it's... they have a viral sketch that go and it goes viral, and then someone gives them the money to make the film. I don't know. I didn't read up. There's like the most articles published about any one of these shorts was published about Two Distant Strangers mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. It's in the headlines. Of still, right? We just had the verdict. Good God! It's it's an important film, and that the fact that they dealt with it in such a creative way, they dealt with police brutality in such a creative way. Uh, you know, points for ambition. But the tone is kinda bizarre because it really is genuinely funny in other moments. And then we're trying to do, you know, this this satirical look at it during the the last third of the film and I, I just didn't think it landed to me. And again, the time loop thing May you know that, again. That's a far-fetched premise, just in 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 there. So you have the righteous anger, you have the righteous message. We agree with all that, but I don't care if you don't dramatize it properly, and if they, I don't believe the characters here, it's just very frustrating. And then you have the, the the tribute at the end. You have the names that we should love all that say love and that. know, and I love that again. But does the movie work? Does the story work? And I, I didn't think it did. I, it could have for me if the what happens
1: right before the end where the guy the protagonist thinks he's finally figured it out and finally figured out a way to escape it i thought that twist they put in there kind of undercut the message uh, of what was going on for me and I, i didn't appreciate that but i understand completely the merit and the value people see in this and i think you kind of took the words out of my mouth and what you said and why it's been in the headlines and why it makes sense and why people are attracted to it I
0: agree with the movie. I just mm-hmm. wish they got. I agree with the end statement. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't. I don't like the story. That's the problem. Again, right. it's just a it's a story junky thing for me, and didn't work for me. Uh, so that that was a little disappointing. The start one, two, three. I really enjoyed these last two live action shorts, though, Mike. I think we're in on both of them, right? Yeah, I, I enjoyed them both. Uh, White Eye, I thought was
1: one of the best and it was very impressively technically done too it's all done at least it seemed like it was all one long tracking shot
0: yeah focused on the one character following him around there uh very theatrical in a way with that set uh i think uh i think it's all about that damn bicycle and that mm-hmm. that's that's makes it thematically resonant for for many reasons i think uh I think what's going on, it really changes and that, that's the journey you want a story to take take you on. you know you want your perspective to change on how you view, Act 1 actions and Act 1 scenes, right, in Act 2 and Act 3, and it really does throw you for a loop. I thought they did a really nice job there. That that shows me, again, that shows me a lot of storytelling ability and, and screenwriting ability. Not to say that these other three filmmakers don't have abilities, but they may have different lanes above the line creative control. Maybe they are. Maybe they need screenwriters, I, I guess, at the end of the day.
1: And White Eye, uh, you have it here, is
0: listed as the longest shot of the category. I, I think that's a shame. I do think it's a shame. I, I kind of get why, because the other one's got a little more publicity, I guess you would say. Right. Anyway, we have the letter room, which has the biggest star of the category, the biggest actor in Oscar Isaac. Uh, and we, Alia Shawcutt. Yes. And she's great in it for the one scene. And he's, he's got, my favorite moments of this <laughs> of this live action short presentation because he's making food and he's getting milkshake on his mustache and the car You just like through. his mustache, be honest. I just like the ho hum everyday work. Kind of scenes, even though it's anything but. He, he doesn't have a regular job. I mean, he's a corrections officer. He's working in a prison, and it becomes very, you know, it becomes heavy. It becomes intense. And I, I loved how he had relationships with the prisoners. I loved how he has this awkward relationship with his boss. I loved how you you were texting me during the movies like, this is actually a believable script, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is absolutely no, very little oversight when you're working in a government job. <laughs> I mean, it exists, but it's tough to be on the nose because government employees are just so overloaded with work that they got to be kind of left to their own devices. So what he does here is something that could, I mean, he would pay a recompense for it. I think he would lose his job in real life. But what he does here is I can see it happening. You could see him getting away with
0: what happens? Is what I could see
1: it being 50-50 as to whether he gets away with it or not. Well...
0: I think it would Oscar depend on worthy... it would depend on what uh what Alia Shawcott does. Yeah. Uh, you, you stepped on my terrible pun that I'll just punch myself in preemptively here. I'm punch sorry. myself in the face. Go ahead. <laughs> it's an Oscar worthy mustache.
1: Hey oh. <laughs> uh, it's I worked gonna a win long right? time about
0: that. What's that? It's gonna win, right? Well, it's the favorite now. It's it was minus 120, now it's minus 210. Are you betting the favorite in live action short? This might actually be the one category that I've talked myself into switching. Are you switching this category? What did you pick going into it? I thought I picked... What did you pick? Because I just said I picked the Netflix one. I know I I picked Two Distant Strangers last week or earlier in the week. So Two Distant Strangers, I watch it. I don't like it, even though it's the most publicized. Yeah. The the one with the movie star is going to (laughs) win. So you think that? I'd say sometimes I think the the movie stars they don't win because people want to give these these shorts to to movies for up and comers. They want to give well, good Oscars because I don't
1: elsewhere. think Poe from the Star Wars franchise needs an Oscar for a short in a short category. You know, well, it's
0: not going to him. He's just you know leading that one.
1: You know? It's going
0: to him. <laughs> he made a delicious looking meal.
1: <laughs> I I do. I I will change to the letter room. I'll I'll take the favor in this
0: we're going to be kicking ourselves are we going to be together on this one thing so we have adam sandler two minute awards presentations and we have the letter room we have two more things in common michael well i will change it as well solidarity we're changing it our pick in live action sure i know that's what you you came for folks that's right we changed one pick each
1: hit it until the very end of the episode right before oscar sunday that's where the goods are
0: <laughs> we're jerks <laughs> We're also very tired. At the end of the yeah, oh I think
1: I think they could hear the uh, the fatigue setting in, but that'll do it for the Oscar lead-up. The Oscar sprint, as we affectionately call it, the finish line is here. We hope you are. Uh, happy and safe on your oscar watching your oscar parties we are going to be all over the post oscars world mike will tell you a little bit about that as far as the lead into sunday night uh and maybe even saturday night if you're going to follow the razzies as well as we surely will we want to hear from you your thoughts on the film independent spirit awards your thoughts have you watched these shorts categories what are your thoughts on the shorts and also look if somebody's done more work on the shorts than us Seriously, let us know because we'd like to hear the work done on it. (laughs) So we're not just shouting into the void here, but uh, let us know all about that and your thoughts as well. You can also share with us any comments, questions, or concerns about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. Leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially the Apple Podcasts app. If you happen to be listening to us there right now, if you could tap on our cartoon logo and leave us a five-star review, that would be awfully helpful and nice of you. Michael, tell the good people what's coming for Oscar's fallout from us and what are some words of wisdom to end on
0: words of wisdom i guess this is the case i think we're going to need we're going to need some different kind of movies we just watched hundreds of independent <laughs> films right and melissa via made a joke about it i wish she didn't make that joke because you know we've celebrated a lot of them we really have mm-hmm. and it, but it's kind of a joke that is a wet blanket but since we're wet blankets we it takes one to know one i guess <laughs> We're going to need some big, dumb fun, right? <laughs> we got Godzilla vs. Kong, which I enjoyed. I, I, I reviewed that with Minorities Report Film. Uh, I, I love those guys. I love their pod. Go check them out. If I didn't shout that, I've shouted them out before. There, there's another one. We're going to talk about Mortal Kombat. You really want to watch this one. I just watched it. I played a little hooky today and watched it, and I liked it. I thought it was solid. I, enjoy, I enjoyed my watching experience. It is dumb but it is kind of fun. The fighting isn't great, but all right. Actually, a good action movie is Nobody. Like, so if you need a good action movie to be a palate cleanser, Nobody with Better Call Saul's, what's his name, Mike?
1: Bob Odenkirk.
0: Bob Odenkirk. Better Call Saul The himself. action
1: star we all
0: need. I love that movie. Again, <laughs> dumb fun. I don't expect, like, a great movie that's going to blow your mind because, but it's, it's very well done. I mean,
1: the me, frustration be like if I don't see The Rock punch something in the face soon.
0: That's the thing. We're going to announce our Fast and Furious. I want to go with Two Mike, Two Furious. Is that wise? <laughs> Can we just do it? Can you just listen to me on one coining of a. I don't know. I've Sure. Pretty, sure. Okay, I'm a beaten
1: man. Beaten <laughs> man
0: too mike too furious i got something i don't even know if i want it i don't know I you don't want it anymore too mike too furious i thought it was funny but all right i think uh i think it's funnier that you're just so ambivalent i, I look man um it's been a year <laughs> Well, what do we got going on? We got a Fast and Furious series, probably mini series, medium series, schmedium series. If you think I'm not
1: going to milk those movies for every fucking minute they're worth... (laughs) The good news about that series in all seriousness, we had yeah. a guest. We didn't announce who it was yet. We had to reschedule him. Uh, we are hoping to talk to him about the Fast and Furious franchise at some point. So that is something to look forward to in the future. As that date gets clearer, as long as right. life doesn't get in the way, we'll be able to announce who that is. So that'll hopefully keep you on the edge of your seat for a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And they've been covering that movie a lot lately. So mm-hmm. that's that's also cool. Uh, we, we have our Oscar night reaction show. And then we have our Fallout show, so that's what's coming next from us. Those are our two two of our bigger shows of the year. We right now we have a guest for the Fallout show, familiar name that uh, we've done a lot with. We're going to go on his show as well, which will give you a lot of MMO content on two feeds this coming week. So you know, stay tuned. We'll put it all over our social media. After that, we're gonna take some time off. It'll be like a five or six days, Months. seven days. Months off. <laughs> we're going to come back with our usual year in preview type stuff, even though it'll be like a summer in preview type thing. Half a year gonna, in preview, yeah. Yeah, half a year in preview uh, series there. We'll do our 100% accurate Oscar predictions. We'll do uh, a couple special guests. I think, uh, over the next month and kind of look forward to what we have for the next Oscars, which is always fun. And uh, I think we're going to do a Mike, Mike and Oscars, just zany, independent spirit. We're going to get drunk for the Mike, Mike and Oscars. (laughs) And we're we're not gonna do like a serious thing where we pick all of the Oscar winners, but we what we wanted. No, you know what we want at this yeah. point. We don't have to do that. We're gonna write some batshit crazy categories, and we're gonna have fun with it. So if you want to write some of those too, let it let us know. I mean, obviously you guys have written them in the past, by the way. And I mean, I want to open that up, but uh, we're, you know, at this point, we're just gonna we're gonna. I got some weird shit that I need to <laughs> get out about this year and i'm gonna put it on paper this
1: is turning therapeutic at the end we got a couple more shows to go guys it's gonna get weird when reality sucks you can come react to the oscars with us we're mike mike and oscar trying to make awards season year-round without the stuffiness we will see you very soon see ya